What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Action Park Media. Vanderpump Rules to Vegas and everywhere in between, it's time to party with Sheena Shea. This is Shenanigans. And now, here's your host, Sheena Shea. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Shenanigans this week. It is just Jamie and I chilling on my couch. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I have been actually so bored lately. Really? Yeah. I mean, I feel like all I do is work out, go for a walk and watch Netflix. I'm trying to get some motivational tips here from you. I I used to walk a lot and I, I would love listen to like audio books and I just got in this funk where I'm just so used to staying indoors. It's really weird. I'm, I'm almost like borderline like agoraphobic. Is that what it is when it's like you're scared to go out yeah. of the house? Uh-huh. And then like I'll take the trash out and I'm like, oh, it's such a beautiful day. Why am I inside all day? I should I just have go to. for walks. I have to force myself to get out, especially like yesterday I didn't have anything to do. My mom texts me in the morning. She's like, so what do you have today? And I send her my schedule that didn't even have like Seth or a Zoom <laughs> or a huddle or anything on it. It was just empty. I was like, really busy day down in San Diego. She's like, so what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know, probably go crazy if I don't do something. So like, thankfully, Brock was also home yesterday. So I at least had him to keep me company. Otherwise, this is like such a bad habit I've gotten into the last couple of weeks that I've just been at home. Cause like since Mammoth, we haven't, I mean, we went to Palm Springs, but like I haven't really done anything. Mm -hmm. And I go in spurts where I get really, really paranoid, but then I'm like, no, I need to get out of the house. I want to go do something. But whenever I go do something, it's with people who have been tested. There's nothing else to do other than see friends, like nowhere's open. So if I do do anything like we did Mammoth, you know, we made sure it was safe and we were all tested. But there hasn't been anything since then. So when I'm just home, I'm like, I just, I need to do something. So this morning I went with Brock to physical therapy up in Carlsbad just to get out of the house. And then while he was in physical therapy, I went and walked just to get us a bottle of water. They had water there, but I was like, no, I'm going to go walk two miles to a gas station. I love Carlsbad. Just to Isn't get Charlie some water. there? Mm-hmm. 
do you ever like plan meetups with her? I I did before, but again, now I'm going back to I'm only hanging out with people who have been recently tested and she was just in Vegas. Mm. And so I'm like, well, let me know when you go get tested and then I would love to see you again. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm just like getting paranoid again. It's like I haven't gotten sick this whole time and I have been safe. It's not like I should have gotten sick, but while I'm approaching my sixth full month, like I'm almost a full six months pregnant. I'm like, we've got this, like just a few more months. I mean, I I don't want to get COVID even after the baby, but I just really want to try and be as careful as possible. I know that sounds hypocritical because as I said on my vlog, I am going to Hawaii on a baby moon, but you have to get tested before you go. And we're not going to be around people really. We're not seeing anyone when we're there. And I feel like, Yeah, I would love to go on a trip somewhere. Oh, my gosh. I feel like people are saying, you know, like, you shouldn't be traveling right now. And I I know that. I haven't traveled in almost a year. Okay, first world problems. But I just feel like I've always wanted to do this baby moon thing. We have an opportunity to go. I had a bunch of miles saved up and... We're going to go and we're going to be as safe as possible. We're going to wear our masks when we're there, but we're fucking going. And until then, I'm just trying to be extra safe. So anyways, but yeah, so I've been watching a lot of Netflix. What have you watched? So I binged all of Cobra Kai season three. Now it's done. I saw a funny meme. They're like, Cobra Kai, everyone binges it in one day and then waits a year for a new season. (laughs) So that, now I'm just waiting again for a new season of that. I haven't seen it. So wait, so is like Daniel in it? Yes, and Johnny. Yeah. So Johnny's in it. And then what about the mean teacher from Cobra Kai? Like he's he's in it too? Yeah. And so what's what's the premise? They're all in it. They have like rivaling dojos. So it's Miyagi-Do and Cobra Kai. Oh wait, is Mr. Miyagi in it? Is he alive? He died. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So do they like mention him? They, every or? episode yeah. mentions him. Oh. Yeah. And they do a ton of flashbacks to Karate Kid, which is really cool too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then on season three, um, their old first love, Allie, comes <gasps> back. No way. Yeah. Oh, I remember that scene where they would play It's a Cruel Summer and she was kicking around the soccer yeah. ball. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what? I might watch it now. So yeah, it's, it's, I mean, even if you didn't watch the movies, it's like, I mean, it's cheesy, but I love those kind of Netflix shows and just shows in general. So binged all of that. And then Brock wanted to watch Bridgerton. And I'm like, oh, I've heard about this. My neighbors were watching it the other night. I'm Wait, hold on. I'm really surprised Brock wanted Brock to watch Brock wanted this. to watch it. Brock also is the one who suggests we watch Frozen on the reg, okay? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, yeah, we should watch Bridgerton. And I was like, okay, well, I want to watch the trailer first. I'm not just going to start a show I know nothing about. The first five seconds, I was like, ugh, timepiece, not interested. Uh-huh. I don't like timepieces. It's just... I don't know. It's never been my thing. But then I'm like, okay, I'll give the two and a half minute trailer a watch. So I'm watching it. And I'm like, well, wait, now I need to know if like she likes the Duke and if they get together. And so I was like, okay, fine. Like we can watch an episode. First episode, I was kind of like half on my phone checked out and then half watching. But then I got so sucked into it. We watched two or three episodes the first night and then finished it all the next day. And again, I'm like, so now we wait a year. Ugh. For the second season. Yeah, that one's on my list. I love like period, like 
things like that. Like I just, I love history and I love just learning about what it was like back in the day. And I think now that like I watched that too, I do have such a greater appreciation for history as Mm -hmm. an adult. So maybe I need to give more like timepieces a chance now that I'm older because I never liked them when I was younger, but I really enjoyed Bridgerton. It was funny. There was this meme it said, fuck boys in 1813. It was like, because I regard you so highly. I, know, I cannot I saw marry that one. you. <laughs> <laughs> I sent that to Max. I was like, you in the 1800s. <laughs> you should watch Versailles. It okay. was phenomenal. I was obsessed with it. I was so sad when it was over. I feel like, did I try to start that? I feel like I saw at least like a preview or something. It was so good. I was told I should watch The Witcher next. I never heard of that. Yeah, Monica recommended that one. The Witcher? Uh-huh. What's that on? Um, it's on Netflix, oh, really? I think. Okay. Yeah. But so we finished Bridgerton the mm-hmm. next day. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose... And your wallet will be happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty. So I've been really wanting to watch Selena. That was so good. So I'm on, I have three episodes left. I watched like six episodes yesterday. Just been accomplishing a lot of Netflix. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I... I'm watching it and I'm just like, the girl who plays her is incredible. Like I, as a huge JLo Selena movie fan, it's like, okay, how are you going to see someone else play JLo or play Selena? I have to admit it was hard. Like, cause I'm just, you know, I wanted JLo, you know? Yeah. But this actress did such a great job and I was completely shocked to find out what else she was in because I had no idea. Yeah. So that when I was watching it, I just, I felt like from the very beginning, I thought she was doing such a great job. Very similar mannerisms to videos of the real Selena and parts of the movie with Jennifer Lopez. So I was like, I got to look up what else she's done. And that's when I texted you. And... to my great surprise she's Angela from Twilight I know and I'm a twihard and I didn't even put two and two together when I was watching I didn't recognize her I didn't either and then when I saw it was like wait it said Twilight it was like Breaking Dawn part two and then it was like uh Eclipse New Moon Twilight I was like hold up Angela wait what because she, I mean, just with the glasses and the, you know, high school student to yeah. this like glamorous Selena, I mean, she definitely looks very different. But then now when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my God, now I see Angela. I like, feel like I need to rewatch it you knowing this information. Yeah. And I also know some other information, which makes me want to rewatch it again too, which mm-hmm. is, you know, someone else from there. The dad. How do you know him, Sheena? Well, before we get into that, I just want to say that while I was fangirling over what an awesome job Christian was doing as Selena, I went on her Instagram and saw it said, follow back. And I was like, wait, what? So I slid in her DMs. I was like, I'm a huge fan. And then she wrote me back and said, me too. And I was like, we got to get you on the podcast. So... 
coming soon. I told you, I'm like, I don't fangirl over many things. Yeah. Twilight is one of them. Yes. I'm so excited. And I'm obsessed with Twilight. I'm obsessed with Twilight. I'm obsessed with Selena. Mm -hmm. And I love that she's a fan. I'm a fan. We're both fans. So I'm really excited to get her on. But um, yeah, so also (laughs) the first episode of watching of Selena, I was like, why does the dad look so familiar? And it was like just the first like minute and a half. And I'm like, he's doing a really good job. I'm like, wow, this is really well cast. And I look on IMDb because that's just what I love doing. I think it's the actress in me to see what other people have been in. And I see it says Ricardo Shavira. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) Daddy from Desperate Housewives minus the goatee who once upon a time I (laughs) went on a few dates with. Did you? Hook up? We made out. (laughs) Here's the thing. I don't even think he knew this, but I had a fake ID when I met him. How old were you? I was 20. How did you meet him? So (laughs) I was in college and on one of my days off, my mom was working. She was a compliance director for a property management company. And she had to like do like on-site visits at different buildings. And one of the buildings, they had gotten a film like notice saying that they were going to be shooting Desperate Housewives. And so knowing that, you know, I wanted to get into the acting world, she was like, well, if you want to just like come and, you know, bring your daughter to work day and just like hang out and just like see like what the set looks like. They were shooting at, I think it's called St. Brendan's. It's a church in... um like kind of like Larchmont area ish yeah, somewhere around there. Beautiful Catholic church. So I was like, Oh yeah, I want to go see what that's about. (laughs) So I'm just like, do to do casually, just like walking by set, just hoping someone notices me and like a PA or whoever was like, Hey, like, what are you doing? Hold on. What did you wear? Oh, I don't remember. (laughs) Did you like try to go all out though? I'm sure. Okay. Like I'm sure I was definitely in a very cute, chic, trendy outfit. Okay. So, and I mean, I don't think, maybe I had a trio back then, but it's not like I had a cell phone I could be like texting on. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like lurking around, you know, waiting to be discovered. How many times did you have to walk past (laughs) the church doors? Not many. (laughs) I mean, and granted, this is like 15 years ago. So this is, I'm vaguely remembering, but I remember just... Walking by, someone noticed me, and I played dumb. I was like, oh, what are you guys shooting? And they're like, oh, uh, the show called Desperate Housewives. Have you heard of it? And I was like, oh, yeah, I think I've seen a couple episodes. I was like, oh, so like, what's the scene? And they're like, do you want to come in? And I was like, oh, sure. So they invite me into the church. I sit in one of the pews, and I'm watching a scene, and it's Eva Longoria. And I'm like, holy shit, holy shit, fangirling. Like, I loved her. She was my favorite on that show. And so I'm, like, getting to watch this scene. And I have I had seen every episode of the show. I totally downplayed it. So now yeah. I'm, like, trying to work in the context of, like, okay, what's happening here? Because, you know, we're, like, a season behind. And then Ricardo saw me sitting there came over, asked like what who I was there with or what I was doing. I don't recall. And then we exchanged phone numbers. And next thing I know, he invited me to like this red carpet event with him. I have literally, oh my God. it's got to be in like my high school college box. I have printed out red carpet photos oh of the God. two of us. <laughs> First of all, momager Erica yeah, for the win right? with this. She- she got you a walk-on. <laughs> she got you a red carpet appearance. Seriously. 
And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could look up how old he is and do the math, but at 20 years old, it was just like, it was too much of an age difference that I, I think I, oh, I wish I did knew. Did you lie if, about like what, how old did he think you were? I mean, I had an ID. So when we would go out to the bars, like I used my ID and ordered drinks and he was obviously of age. So I don't even know if I got carded every time we went out. Hmm. He was so sweet. We stayed in touch for like many years, still friends. And yeah, so as I'm watching Selena, I was like, wait a second. This person looks very familiar, but I just did not recognize him without the facial hair. I didn't either. Yeah. So crazy. Did you tell Brock? <laughs> no. <laughs> he was enjoying the show so much. I don't want to be like, hey, by the way, I made out with the dad. <laughs> he already thinks I'm a hoe from my old Hollywood days. <laughs> But then what's even more funny and kind of like a full circle moment is a year and a half later, now of age, 21 years old, living in Hollywood, I met Jesse Metcalf, who was the gardener on oh Desperate Housewives. So You're the real life <laughs> Eva Longoria. It was so funny because I'm like, how is this? Like the person I was like the biggest fan of on the show. And then I end up going out with the guy who plays her husband and then like, actually for a few months dating the guy who was the hot gardener <laughs> and I have photos of us at my 22nd birthday party I can picture exactly what I was wearing holy shit why someone let me out of the house in that but it was the style then I think even there's like old pictures of Kim Kardashian in like a similar style so it just it was the style but it was like this diamond collar baby pink dress it was oh, it was hideous <laughs> but I can picture us uh, sitting at my 22nd birthday party and that was I guess you know the start to my Hollywood ho days Jesse was your date for your birthday yeah my 22nd birthday so like what happened with you guys um there was a rehab that happened around the time we started hanging out and uh, when he got out, we actually went to a red carpet for, what's that movie, Cloverfield? Something Clover. Yeah, there was a movie called Yeah, okay, so we had went to like a red carpet for Cloverfield, and then he was opening up a club in Hollywood. I forget what it was called. Vice. Vice on Hollywood Boulevard, and hired me as one of like the bottle service girls there. But then... It didn't work out. His ex-girlfriend was coming in a lot. And then I was like working there. And I just, I definitely had like insecurities and didn't feel like I was good enough to be like dating him. It was one thing when we were like just hanging out and it was my birthday and like going out. But then when I was working for him as like a bottle girl at his club, it, it kind of fizzled. And yeah. I think him and his ex got back together. But yeah, he... um he went to rehab. And then when he came out, he was doing great. And that was like the first time that I ever kind of changed my lifestyle for someone because I remember at my 22nd birthday I only drank Red Bull I was like no he's sober I'm gonna be sober too and I did not have a single shot or drink on my 22nd birthday because I just wanted to be supportive that sounds like you and then we went to a karaoke bar and my friends all got up and sang Jesse's girl and it was so <gasps> embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> oh Hollywood ho days so how did you get a fake ID so back in the day, you would go to MacArthur Park. Do you know where that is? I don't think so. Like Alvarado, not a nice part of like East LA. Okay. We did the World Dog Day. Like we did the walk, like when we did the protest thing. It's like in that area, but MacArthur Park. So okay. you would 
go down there and you would just literally, this is what was so sketch. And I'm like, I took my little sister with me. Oh my God. She was, let me do the math. I was 18. So, okay. She was like five. <gasps> Sheena. <laughs> I was babysitting. I needed my ID. So I drove her to LA, me, a girlfriend and my little sister. Were you like, Don't you dare tell mom about this. She was this. in her car seat. <laughs> in her car seat. In her car seat. We get to MacArthur Park and you just kind of walk around. Like same as when you're on the Vegas strip and someone's trying to give you strip club like cards or whatever. Mm -hmm. They just say ID, ID, ID. And then you're like, yes, me, ID. And they go, okay. And then you go into like an electronic store in the back. Like this is how a lot of like bad things happen to people. I'm sure. They take you in like the back of an electronic store and they have this cloth, like, you know, blue, white, whatever color the DMV like background is, or I think it's blue. I don't even know. And they take a photo of you and then they say one hour and you paid like a hundred bucks. You go and walk around the shady park again for like an hour. You come back and they had your ID. You pick your state you want. I put all of my like real information and just made myself three years older because if I were to get quizzed on anything when I would go to a club, I would know my sign, my address, yeah. my everything. Yeah. So yeah, and it, it worked. I can't believe my fake ID worked now that I'm thinking of it. <laughs> so I was like 15 um, when I went to get mine and we would go to Patterson. 15? Uh, for See, sure. I always waited till I was legal. No, 15, I was going to clubs in New York City at 15. Oh, my god! So we would get them at in Patterson, New Jersey, which not the safest area. Yeah. And uh, it was on right on Main Street. And it was kind of similar where, like, we knew where to go. And it was it may have been an electronic store. It was some sort of store. But they weren't even, like, legit looking. It was a college ID. It oh wasn't God. even a license, okay? So mine was for NYU. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, with my picture on it, and every single club at the time in New York City accepted it. So my friends and I were going to the Palladium and the Tunnel, and, like, Vin Diesel was, like, the doorman. Oh my God. Yeah. And it worked everywhere. It was crazy. And I think back to like that time in my life and I'm like, I don't know how I'm alive right now. The, the, yeah. the crazy things that we did. No, seriously. Like we would steal my friend Sue's mom's Chevy Lumina. It was red. And we would wait for her to fall asleep. And we would all be, you know, we were at a sleepover at her house, oh right? My God. We told our, all our parents and we'd wait for the mom to fall asleep. We would put her car in neutral, roll it out of the driveway. And then Sue, who was also 15, knew how to drive. She would drive us, but we fit like 12 people in there. We had two people in the trunk at times. Crazy. That's crazy. Not only that, we would go to New York City, but not like a safe part of New York City. We would go to Washington Heights and hang out with the drug dealers because <laughs> my friends were all dating them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've had a gun pulled to my head like as a joke from one of the drug dealer boyfriends. Like, oh, ha, ha. like, yeah, at 15. That's crazy. I know. And I look back and I'm like, oh, my God, Ivy is not getting away with shit because I know everything. The way I used yeah. to sneak out of my own house when I was that young, too, even I was... 14, I was sneaking out of my house. I, my floor was on the second floor. You were a little rebel. Oh, I was I was taking buses into New York City. I was going to like oh the my Beacon gosh. Theater. I, I used to see like all of the rappers. Like I would go see like Wu-Tang Clan when I was like 14 years old, just sitting in the audience in like Harlem. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, so the way I snuck out of my window was I would, my uh, bedroom window would then like lead to a roof that was slightly lower. So I would get onto that roof and then I would walk to the edge and there would be the air conditioning unit sticking out. Mm -hmm. So I would hang from the gutter Oh and my then God. I, would t- I would take one hand off at a time to then go down to the lower air conditioning unit. And then I would just drop. It was just a couple feet drop. And then I hid this like wooden plank behind the shrubs. <laughs> so I would, I would like climb it to get back up to my room. That's insane. See, I never did anything like that. I was such a goody goody. I was always afraid to get in trouble. I didn't even drink. I was I always drink. the designated driver. And my mom was fine when I would, I had a curfew until. I think I was 18 because then when I was a freshman in college, I moved in with my grandma. So I had a little more liberty and she just always wanted to know where I was and when I would be home, but I didn't have like a strict curfew. Mm -hmm. So I would go out to clubs in LA, but I was always the driver. I never drank. I think sometimes I would have like a Midori sour right when I got there. I remember those. I have a picture of me with like a Corona bottle in my hand. It was like right when Fergie's first album came out and like Usher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of those songs. Yeah, but my ID, like, it had the black light. It scanned. I got in literally everywhere. And now I'm so bummed that I don't have it as a keepsake. I ended up giving it to someone who looked like me when I turned 21. Because I was like, I'm not giving you my real ID, but you can have my fake one. And I'm like, damn, I should have kept that. I wonder if those people are still walking around MacArthur Park. (laughs) I mean, maybe. (laughs) My sister could tell you where to get a fake ID like today because, I mean, she had one up until two years ago. I want one, but now I want it to say that I'm younger. That's Oh, my God. I had said that. I was like, wait, should we get like fake IDs to make us like 27? (laughs) Yeah, please. (laughs) That would be so funny. Also, not to brag, but it's annoying when you go to a place with your ID and then they look at your age and they're like, you're not. And if like um, if I'm on a date and they're like, you're not really this old and blah, blah. I'm like, shut down over there. (laughs) (laughs) Or when you go somewhere, like, I mean, not that we really do this much, especially not anymore, but when they scan your ID and the age pops up. Up, like so big and it's like really bright it's yeah. like 34 I'm like Shh, hey <laughs> but I just embrace it whenever someone's like oh you don't look that old I'm like I know thanks 30 is the new 20 and I saw I think that was in one of my assumptions so we posted on Instagram the other day and said what are some things like you guys assume about us um, and there are, there are actually quite a few that speaking of Hollywood ho days said your body counts over a hundred and I'm like body count. And I was like, Oh, I get what you mean. Could be. No, I'm not over a hundred. <laughs> I can tell you that, but I, I did stop counting at one point. I'm definitely under a hundred. I'm, I know I'm under a hundred. Oh, this one um, said you try too hard to look like you're 20 instead of embracing your thirties. I'm like, I embrace my 30s. I just also embrace the fact that I can still wear a crop top and pull it off. I don't think Kim, Courtney, Kardashian are not embracing their 40s and trying to dress like they're 20. Like, it's just- I hate this idea that like at a certain age, you have to look a certain way. It's like, yeah, okay. You're not going to be like dressing like a teenager, but- Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I let my sister dress me like for the season finale last season. I'd like everyone like shows up to Tom Tom and like these like nice like gowns and dresses. And I had like a low cut like wife beater type of like crop top, these like baggy denim jeans, cute little like tiger striped heels. They were like ripped jeans. 
And I thought I looked good. And then people were like, you're dressing like you're like 17. And I'm like, okay, but what's wrong with that? We're at a bar in West Hollywood. Whether it's a season finale for a show I'm on or whatever, it's a bar in West Hollywood. I'm not going to wear a floor-length gown. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I have trouble dressing my age, quote-unquote, because... Um, I mean, I'm not wearing crop tops. If I could, I would, but I don't think I could. So I, I think don't. You can. I just, you know, anytime that like, let's say I have something professional to do and I dress that way, I just don't feel like myself. And I worked in like corporate America for yeah. years. And every time I would go to work, I was like, I would feel like I was in a monkey suit when I was wearing like my pants suits and like my pencil skirts and everything. And it just did not feel like me. And like, after that experience, I was just like, I'm never working in an office again where I have to dress professionally, mm-hmm. you know? And uh-uh. I don't know. Unless it's for an acting role, you're not going to get me in a button-up collared shirt. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even when I'm showing, like, I don't do a lot of residential real estate except for my yeah. friends. So, like, I can pretty much dress how I want. But sometimes in the off chance, it's like an actual client and I do have to dress real estate You have, like, one go-to outfit? <laughs> I mean, I'll do, like, a button-down or a blazer or something and I fucking hate it. It's so not me. I hate it. If I do a blazer, there's nothing under it. <laughs> That's, like, how I would And it's them. a dress. There's no, there's no exactly. pants. Exactly. Yeah. No, there's no pants. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, my God. Remember going to parties at the Playboy Mansion? Yes, I do, because I was working. (laughs) Oh, okay. See, now I did both. I got invited to, like, Halloween parties and stuff there, but I also worked so many events there. I never actually, like, was there socially. Yeah. I was there for events in the bunny costume. Either way was fun. I, I was there once in a pirate costume, sailor costume. They had the best parties back in the day. I... I miss it. I really do. Yeah. It was really fun. I'm glad and that I, we had that time. Yeah. That was a special time in Hollywood. And that was like kind of, I'm trying to think when that was for me. Um, like mid 2000s? No, it was a little bit later for me. It was right before I got pregnant with Ivy. So it okay. was eight or nine years ago. So what, is, what would that put us at? Oh. 2000 what? Two, well, she was born in, yeah. Like in the 2010s? Yes. Okay. I guess I went to parties there from probably like, Oh, seven, oh, eight for like a good five year span. So we were probably at some of the same Maybe parties. Maybe we crossed paths. It's yeah. funny when you and I first met, I think you said to me that I looked familiar to you. And I was like, well, I don't know. Have you been to the Playboy Mansion? <laughs> and you're like, yes. I'm like, Maybe we Many saw times. each other there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we met in the bathroom once. <laughs> People actually asked me about the Playboy thing and, and, what was my involvement with it? And like, I wasn't fully in. I wasn't like... Uh, you weren't like a centerfold, like legs spread open. Yeah, I never did any nude model. Because I know I've had people message me like, I'm trying to find Jamie's centerfold. Yeah, no one, I'm like, you're, you're not going to find it. Every time someone <laughs> finds out, they're like, how come we can't find you? I'm like, you're not going to. <laughs> um, I did modeling for them. So I like, you know, for the events, mm-hmm. I would do the bunny costume or they had a morning show and they had a radio show. So I would... Yeah, Jessica Hall was one of the hosts for Playboy Radio. Yes. I wish I had crossed paths with her then. Yeah. Um, It was was a blonde girl who was hosting when I had gone on there. But it was bizarre because like they would bring us on as like actual guests, but we would be alongside like other people like Weird Al. And I'm like, how am I a guest on the same (laughs) show with Weird Al? And then like he and I had to do a trivia against each other. It was bizarre. Yeah. That's really bizarre. Yeah. So that's that was my involvement with Playboy. It was never... uh, 
you won't find any nudes of me, people. Sorry. <laughs> Those were like the days of like all of the like awesome like Hollywood Hills parties with all of like the sleazy Me Too producers and all of them. Oh my gosh. Did you ever have like a casting couch situation? What's that? What's that? You like, don't know what that is? What do you mean? Like, okay, so you know, when you're on an audition uh-huh. and it's like, all right, like you can have the part, but you got to sleep with this guy or you got to do no. this or that or not no, saying but that you did it, but has anyone, did anyone ever proposition you like that? No. And I don't want to name names. I'll tell you off air, but there were two very, very famous producers who I would get invited to parties at their house and I would, and they were much older and I would watch them have one girl and then go upstairs and then come down with the girl. And then the other one would have another girl and then go upstairs. And I was just watching this happen. And I'm like, there was no way, like I may have been a hoe back in my day, but like, you know, I was a fun hoe with like hot actors. I wasn't like going to go and sleep with a 60 year old producer to get a role. I couldn't do that. And so I was just, I remember being at this one party at this house, beautiful house. And I just kept watching it happen. And I was like, this is how girls make it. I I can't, I can't do it. (laughs) No. And I feel like that probably surprises people because I feel like people think that, I mean, what did I sleep my way onto a reality show? Like, no. (laughs) But yeah, I really never did. The only older guys I really ever dated were actors and people who ended up becoming like friends, like some I'm still friends with. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much experience with that either. I was never, you know, trying to get into the acting world. So I, you know, I did, you know, fitness modeling, laundry modeling, stuff like that in New York. And so there was, Prince was doing a music video that I thought I was auditioning for. Mm -hmm. And the producer, director, whoever the guy was, then starts asking me all of these insane questions like, are you a virgin? Uh, if not, how many people have you slept with? What do you, what position do you like? Just all the sexual fuck? questions. And um, this was like my first like audition for a music video. And I'm like, this mm. can't be how it is. This can't be real. And so by the time, like I kind of answered the questions and I was just like, I don't know what is going on. And I answered like the best that I felt comfortable answering, I guess. Yeah. And then towards the end, he's like, okay. And then he actually tried to set up a date at a hotel. And I'm like, okay, I'm out. This, I, I'm yeah. not about this. So I, I, to this day, I don't know if it was a legit audition for a Prince video and if, mm-hmm. you know, it went through or not and someone else got the role. Or if it was just this sleazy guy that had nothing to do with Prince. Probably the latter. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I did a bunch of music videos. I was actually just talking to Monica about this. Um, A Bowling for Soup song, 1985, came on when we were driving back from Palm Springs. And I was like, I was in a Bowling for Soup music video. And she's like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, it was called High School Never Ends. I played a cheerleader. And then there was another music video with, do you know who Sugar Cult is? Uh, uh, Yeah, Memory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the song called Do It Alone. Mm -hmm. I'm one of the main girls in that music video. Oh, cool. I was like a video hoe for like punk, like pop bands. Love it. So much fun. There was like a lot of good jobs that I did back in the day that I'm like, I could never do that kind of stuff again. It's like once you get on a reality show, you're no longer someone that can just be cast in a music video unless it's Sheena from Vanderpump Rules as the lead or whatever. Oh my God. I saw your Jonas Brothers thing. Oh yeah. (laughs) I don't know how. 
how is someone put it up online? And I'm like, oh my God, I never knew this happened. I so was wait, the pizza girl. Was this an actual music video for like one of their songs or was it in their TV show? Both. Okay. So it was the first season of their show. I think it was like the second or third episode. It was like really early on in the season. I fully auditioned. There were 40 other girls there at the audition. And it was so crazy, which I don't know if this did help me or not, but the place I used to work at, the Cigar Lounge, one of the members was a producer at Disney. And this happened to be a show he was working on. But regardless, if I wasn't good for the role, there were many other qualified girls who would have gotten it. But when I got to the audition, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I wonder. And I just like kind of like dropped Disney. I was like, oh, if he's in the office, like I'm a friend. I just wanted to say hi. And so maybe that helped me a little bit. But regardless... I get the audition, I get the call back, I go in in front of producers and all of that, and I booked it for the part of Maria, the pizza girl. And you were the only girl in the video, right? Yeah. Wow. So the whole episode, it's called, I think, I think it's called Pizza Girl. And that whole episode, it's how all three of the brothers have a crush on the Picarillo's Delivery Girl Maria. And it's the worst pizza in the world. It's just like rubber. And they keep ordering pizza so she can deliver it to them. (laughs) And then they decide to all stop fighting over me and invite me over for a date. But then they're still fighting over me. And then it's like they have all these like weird little things they're saying. And there's this like Jonas Book of Law. And I'm like, okay, y'all are weird. I'm out. And then like I get scared and like run away from them. But the music video was like a dream sequence. So in the middle of the episode, they're like, oh, Maria, like I wrote you this song. Or Maria this. And then it goes into them like dreaming about the pizza girl. And I'm this giant. And they're like little itty bitty like on the pizza. It's it's a cheesy pun intended. (laughs) Very cheesy Disney show Um, and video. I need to watch this. I don't know where I can watch it it. with Ivy. It's on Disney Plus. I'm watching that. Yes. Okay. And then second of all, randomly, did you know that that's a fetish? What? Of a woman being a giant and the men being this small? Ew, no. Yeah. That's weird. I dated this guy. Okay, Disney. I know, right? <laughs> Disney did it. And then some some other band did it with Pamela Anderson. Remember that video where she was like oh, eating yeah. the guys? Oh, I can't think of the band I put now. them in the oven. I didn't eat them though. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a sexual fantasy. First, it's called like giganticism or something that's like that. That's really it's weird. It's a fetish, that's and disturbing. I dated a guy who had that fetish, and I I broke up with him when he told me. I feel so bad, what? but like I couldn't get on board with that because I was like, where did this come from? Yeah, you know? like who? What triggers that in certain people to make them want like that? That turns them on. That's that's very bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. <laughs> let's. Let's okay. uh, pivot. Um, Assumptions. Yeah. What did you get? So I posted on Instagram and I've seen a lot of people do these things where it's like post a photo from and like you'll either say like a date or with this person or whatever. And I thought about doing one of those and I'm like, I mean, now I, I do have a lot of time on my hands. I probably could just spend my day doing one I of those. I did it one day. It was fun. You should do it. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this seems too time consuming. So I'm not going to. And then I saw another one of my friends did a true or false. And I was like, you know, I'm going to do an Assumptions one, but for the podcast, But then I got so many good ones and I was like, wait, I have a really good picture for this. So I posted, I think like maybe eight or 10 of them, but I mean, I got hundreds. So I said I would save the rest for the podcast. Um, So I have about like 20 I screenshot. The first one was, uh, you don't care what people say about you. And that's very true. I, I care... If it's someone I care about or someone I respect, like if you said that 
like the one and only, I think, disagreement we got in when you felt like I wasn't being like the best version of myself or the best friend, that bothered me because I care what you think and I value your opinion. But people online, I, I don't care. When people say like, I, I've just been enjoying reposting the haters recently because I've seen that. Yeah. I like clapping back. I think it's funny, but it genuinely doesn't hurt my feelings. Yeah. You can't be in this industry if you don't have thick skin. Well, that's my question for you is like, did, did you grow that thick skin or did you always have it? Like, has this been a process where you get to the point where you're just like, you know how to not let it bother you anymore? Or were you always like that? I think I've kind of always had it because I got bullied a lot when I was younger And so it's like, I didn't want to be the girl who's going to like cry in front of everyone at school. Like I had to like stay strong while I was in front of other people and then, you know, cry when you get home. Yeah. But after a while, I think like the crying goes away and then you just become strong and you just don't let it bother you anymore. Because I'm like, why am I going to let you make me cry? I think it just did happen over time. And I used to like in my early 20s, I had a really bad habit but it was kind of like my defense mechanism and like protection mode where like I wouldn't allow myself to have feelings for guys it was just like sex or a hookup or whatever but I was just like over it over it and the second a guy started like me like like I just like for five years just stayed so single and do I have that now I think you might how did you get out of it um, Not that I'm having sex either. I'm just having nothing. I mean, it honestly, it it took the right person. And like when Shay and I started hanging out, just kind of like as friends, it got to the point where there wasn't a day where I didn't want to be around him. Like I wanted to see him every day and I didn't get sick of him. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe I'm sick of being single because I don't want to see anyone else. And I want to be around this guy every day. So, but I mean, that was like, five, six years. I mean, I was really closed off and just like very hard shelled. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I, I think I'm at the point where I don't want to be single, but I can't develop feelings for anyone. Either. You also can't settle. That's the yeah. thing. It's like, okay, yeah, you don't want to be single, but you're not just going to date someone who's obsessed with you. If that's not a mutual feeling. I'm a unique individual. We know. (laughs) And I'm looking for my equal. So it's hard to find. I think maybe you're more of like a candidate for like a matchmaker or match.com than fucking Bumble, Tinder, Hinge. Do you want to know who the best quote unquote OC matchmaker set me up with, Sheena? Oh, was this the husband of the OC housewife? Yes. Oh, we don't need to name names. We don't need to name names because <laughs> we don't need to get sued because he apparently enjoys suing people from yeah. podcasts who okay, talk well, about that's him. that's not the best matchmaker, clearly. And I kept telling her. It was so funny. I'm like, listen, I don't care about the money. I just care about the looks. <laughs> and she's like, wait, so why are you in OC then? <laughs> oh my God, that's so true. I feel like though, like match.com, that's how like my aunt and uncle met Kelly's dad and my aunt D, they met on match.com. And I feel like that's more people taking it seriously. It's like the very few people who go on the bachelor actually for love. Those are the people on match.com. The people who go on the bachelor for followers. Those are the people on Bumble and Hinge. You know what I'm saying? I think there needs to be a new app where it's like, not like Raya. That's so superficial. Yeah but something that is selective. 
Mm-hmm. Like you have to meet a couple different th- criterias to, and you know, a couple, I don't, I don't know. I haven't thought this through yet. So, okay. Well maybe it's not match.com. Maybe it's, you know, farmer's meat or something. Christian's mingle. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I just, I don't know. But I mean, I have, I, I was single when, you know, dating apps were a thing, obviously up until Brock, I just never chose to do them. So I don't know what's out there, but I've seen who slides in your whatever inbox. What's going on? It's, I mean, it's from 18 to 23 is weird. the age, age range I'm getting. And yours is not set at it's that. Not Let's set just put that. that out there. <laughs> it's not set. So on Hinge, I have my age range set at 30 to 45, but I don't have it set as a deal breaker. So <laughs> you want to talk about your deal breakers? No, <laughs> but that, I mean, okay. They have to be over 510 is one of my deal breakers. Yeah. But let's not get into any others, <laughs> but, um, I don't Can they the, see your deal breakers. No, but, oh, but if okay. they don't fall into that, then they won't see my profile. Gotcha. I thought they could see. The- <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. Then that's not as bad. <laughs> I know. It's just my personal preference. Yeah. So anyway, um, so for the age, I don't have as a deal breaker because like maybe someone will slide in that's 46 and if I have it as a deal breaker, they're not going to see my profile. Same thing if someone's 29, you know, so I don't set the age as a deal breaker. But are but they ever 29 or 46? I don't, I'd like to know where the, all of the 30 year olds, where are they? There are none. So basically I'm getting their early twenties, sometimes late teens to Why the 50, teenagers I don't know, to that? the 50 year olds. I'm getting the grandpas and then their grandsons. And I don't know oh. where that chunk in the middle that I, that would be age appropriate. I don't know where they are. Interesting. <laughs> maybe they're all in relationships. I don't know. Or maybe they don't want relationships, but hmm. we've got to get to the bottom of this. It's, it's so weird. It's so weird because it's like, it's on, it's so multiplied now. Yeah. It's like hundreds of like 23 year olds. That's so I don't understand what's happening. At one point I thought I was being punked. Like (laughs) what is happening? On your, when you posted for your assumptions, I'm sure you saw my comment. I said, I assume that you have a fear of dating older men because of something that happened in a past life. Yeah. And I was like, no, it was from this life. (laughs) This life. I remember it. (laughs) That's a really long story though. We could save that for another podcast. Yeah. I want to hear more of your assumptions. Okay. Um, Next one I got, you never feel like you really fit in with the group. This is not meant to be mean. I feel the same way all the time. I think it depends what group. If it's a group you see on TV, yeah. I mean, I never really fully felt like I fit in with those girls. I did individually at different times. But when you see me in like, I don't want to say my real life because both are my real life, but like on YouTube, you know, with my group of friends, like I 100% feel comfortable and like I fit in. I think it just depends on the group of friends you're talking about. Well, yeah, it's hard to feel comfortable when you're being judged by certain people. Oh, this was a good one. That you got pregnant because everyone else got pregnant. That's interesting because it's like if they actually like were following your story. Yeah. Yeah. They would know the actual timeline. Uh huh. Um, I don't know. Do you want to get into that? I mean, it it's just annoying because so many people assume that, and I'm like, first of all, Stassi and I got pregnant around the same time. I didn't know she was pregnant. She didn't know I was pregnant when she announced I went through a miscarriage. Right. So I was already pregnant, and then other girls got pregnant. So it was not like, oh, because they're doing it, I'm going to do it. We didn't even know that we were both pregnant at the same time. 
So that's a stupid assumption, and that is false. Yeah, I don't like that one. What's one of yours? Okay, I'm looking. Um, you have more psychic abilities than what you've shared on true. past podcasts. Very true. C Brown 33 said that. Uh, Want to talk about the nursery? Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so you sent me a video a couple days ago of the nursery now that the crib is in there yeah. and, and you've got some things that you've decorated up. And it was really trippy because it's the exact vision that I had for you. So, yeah. And you you were aware of this already. It's not like I'm telling you after the fact. Right. So back, and I looked back in our group text and it turns out it was April 17th. So before you were even pregnant, the first yeah. time. And I was like, you're crazy. Like, I'm eating mushrooms right now. I'm not having a baby anytime soon. <laughs> and I had this vision because Brett had asked me to do a meditation for him. He had a specific question. Yeah. So that's why I was doing this. And then um, you, yours just popped up. And what I yeah, saw. Yeah, I was like, everything's great in my life. I don't want to yeah, know anything. You didn't, wanna, you didn't want me to do anything. So then when I said, well, I have one for you. But I won't tell you then. And you're like, well, now you now you need to tell yeah, me. Yeah, it's like one of those like we need to talk, and then like oh, I'll talk to you later. It's like no, <laughs> tell me now. <laughs> so do you want to? So she, I actually, I have the screenshot of the text, and you said a house near the ocean, white shutters, a nursery, a crib, pale yellow paint. But that made me wonder because I wouldn't think you'd paint a baby's room yellow. And then you said, maybe that's an existing room in the house you will eventually live in. And then you went into the other person's. Um, So right away, I'm like, yeah, okay, Jamie, I would never paint a nursery yellow. Like yellow is not even in like my top 10 (laughs) colors. But then what you were saying the other day, the walls in this house are more of like a cream, like a beige which maybe you saw like a yellow tone, but that first night when you really tapped into your psychic abilities, I was like, oh, okay. Remember how you said you saw a yellow nursery a few weeks ago, like tap into that. And then you said you were seeing not just yellow, but you were seeing like honey and Winnie the Pooh. And then when I was like, oh my God, that is a vision that I have had for a nursery is like classic poo and like honey and honey pots and all of that. And it was just crazy because then boom, a few weeks later, I find out I'm pregnant and then not knowing that we're going to move into a house on the ocean with white shutters. These exact plantation shutters. Is yeah. What I, saw. I didn't even know what a plantation shutter was. Yeah. <laughs> so when you, when you just sent that video, it was just really, really trippy because you're like, I've been here it's before. Like I was watching a movie of what I had seen in my head yeah. almost a year ago. So crazy. Yeah. And then, so then the second time when I didn't know you were pregnant. Um, oh, yeah. Balloons. Uh-huh. So how, how did that all go down? I knew I was pregnant because the stick said it, but I was getting a blood test the next morning. And so that night I was just like, hey, I was like, I just have like a lot on my mind. And I'm like, you know, just like the usual like Brock babies. Like, can you just like meditate for me and see like what comes to mind? Because I was just going, I just had the miscarriage and was just kind of like getting back on my feet after that. And I just wanted to see what you saw, but all while knowing that according to the stick, I was pregnant. Right. Okay. And now I remember. So then you went to sleep Yeah. and I had questions because I was seeing things that didn't make sense. Yeah. I needed you to verify because I was seeing you with Stacy, but I thought your friend Stacy lived in Sweden, was it? Or Switzerland. Switzerland. So I was like, why would they be together? She lives in a whole other 
different country. Yeah. So I was like, wait, it's, so I was asking you questions about her. Uh-huh. Um, but what I ultimately saw were pink balloons. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, Stacy's having a boy, so. And I was like, so it must be for <laughs> you. And I'm like, and also what I saw is that you and Stacy are pregnant at the same time. And there was like a, I saw a clock, like there was, you know, you were running out of time to follow through on some sort of pact that you had. And apparently, which I didn't know you and Stacy had a pregnancy. Yeah. I mean, it was like a joke something. we made when we were 21. Like, oh yeah, you know, like we're going to be those like crazy moms who, you know, have our fun play dates and we're drinking wine and da da da. And like, we'll be pregnant together. Not thinking that it would actually happen unplanned on both ends. Yeah. And I was like, but you know, with the timing, she was kind of far along at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think I'm she like, was already like five months. So I was four like, months, so Sheena, months. it'd have to happen within the next few months. So that's yeah. really soon. I'm and like, hmm, little do you turns know. Turns out you were. Yeah. And it's a girl. And we ended up in this house with plantation shutters. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, speaking of having a baby, the next one was. I assume that you're going to be a really attentive mom and spoil your baby in the best way. And that is so true. I think I'm going to be like overly attentive and like annoying. No offense to my mom, but like how my mom was just like overly attentive. How but does I, Brock feel about that? Um, I think we're going to butt heads, honestly. I think there will be certain things with our parenting styles where he'll be more laid back and I'll be more like OCD. But then also there'll be things that he's going to be very stern on that I'm going to be super chill on. So I think it's going to be a very interesting, challenging time of just finding that balance. However, back when I was with Shay, I always thought that when we had kids that he would be the good cop and I would have to be the bad cop. And now that I'm having a baby with Brock, I'm like, oh, I could be good cop. I <laughs> yeah. never thought I would be the good one. So I'm excited for that because especially when she gets older and like wants to date, be like, oh yeah, it's totally fine with me. Just make sure it's okay with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then he can say no and I'll be like, I'm sorry. I mean, if it were just up to me, it's fine. But you know, you got to do what your dad says. <laughs> so that also like gets me out of ever having to say no because he'll just say no for me. I don't know if that's so <laughs> fair, Sheena. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, but. I just think that there will be things that as, you know, that I did when I was like a young girl that I would be like, well, yeah, like I wish like my dad said yes for me to go on this date or stay out past 9 p.m. or whatever that I'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's fine with me. And he's gonna be like, not my daughter. <laughs> so well, then you tell her. Well, speaking of daughters, I got two um, about Ivy. So I'll just kind of combine it real quick. Uh, Carly Lake said, I assume your daughter is vegan and loves animals too. And then Bella Italian 89 said that you like to keep your life as private as possible so your daughter stays out of the public eye. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to keep my life private at all. So the only social media I'm on is Instagram. I hate social media. Well, no, Clubhouse. Well, Clubhouse, that's different. <laughs> but um, so, and that's a public page. So Ivy is now seven, and I just made the choice to not put her on that Instagram page, you know, when I was in Playboy and I had that same Instagram. And even up until now, if you saw mm -hmm. the DMs that I get, very sexual, my following is mostly male. Yeah. So I'm just like, I didn't see the benefit of putting her on my Instagram. And then, uh, you know, another side of it is that I fully respect her as her own human being. And until she can ask me to put her picture somewhere, I'm not just going to 
do that. Mm-hmm. So she last year she did get to the point where she asked for her own Instagram. Yes. So she does have one now and it's private and thinks she only has like 20 followers. Whoever mommy allows on is who <laughs> she has. And even still, it's scary. Like you'll, I'll see like adult men trying to follow her. That's so you know? creepy and disturbing. It's, and that's why she's not <sighs> on my page. So it's, you know, she, she's got her Instagram and it's for the people that she actually knows. Yeah, us. And she's a kid and that's why I just don't feel the need to put it on mine. And mm-hmm. like for the parents that do, that's fine. You know, it's, it's to each his own. You know, yeah. I, I have no judgments towards anyone that does have their, I love seeing people's kids up mm-hmm. there, but just, it was my personal preference. I'm, I am not technically in the public eye, so it's not like people are following my story and want, need to see Ivy, right. you know? In your situation, it's different. People are, like, rooting for you, and they're so excited, and, and you know, yeah. it would make sense in your situation, but not in mine. So. Totally. And she's not vegan. She's she's not, she's not close to vegan. She's vegetarian. vegetarian. She was born... She's never eaten meat. Yeah. She was born vegetarian, and... You gotta let the kid have some mac and cheese. She, well, she eats vegan mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah. We found some really good ones actually for kids. Okay. I'll, you know, I'll put them up in my stories. A couple of my favorites. She'll probably eventually, like the older she gets, I'm sure, be I'm tr- vegan. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like the only thing that she eats that's not vegan is if like her, you know, my mom, her grandma gives her like a chocolate chip cookie that may have been made with like egg. Oh yeah. Um, I won't be like, no, you can't have it. It's not vegan. But I, but I'm getting to the point where she understands why I'm vegan. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she, if we order pizza, she wants the vegan pizza, you know? So she's, she's there and she's she's old enough to make her own decisions Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And she, and yes, she loves animals. Like she wants, when she grows up, she wants to be like an animal rescuer or something in the animal field. So I love that. Yeah. We're going to go, we're going to take her to this like llama sanctuary soon. Mm -hmm. She's going to love that. I'm so excited for that. All right. Let's do a couple more and then we will, I'll just do one more that I want to address and then we'll do some reviews. Um, This one, I think you had an eating disorder back when you were dating Rob and, uh, that one bothers me because I think even there was an episode, I think it was Gay Pride, where like Lisa insinuated that like I wasn't eating because that day I was sick to my stomach over the rumors that he was cheating on me and I didn't have an appetite that morning. I remember eating a very big meal sitting down with him in the kimono room later that day and I was fine. It's not it doesn't mean you don't have an you have an eating disorder if you don't have an appetite at one point in one day. And as someone who did have an eating disorder back in college, it really bothered me whenever the girls or Lisa or anyone insinuated that that came back because I know what it felt like to starve myself, count my calories for a couple years, my senior year of college into my first year living in Hollywood. And it was miserable. I mean, I, I did every master cleanse. I tried every laxative until literally my body just stopped. I could take a handful of laxatives and it wouldn't even work. It was just like, I took them so much that nothing like that worked on my body anymore. It was really bad. And I decided to say, fuck it. I put on like 30 pounds. I was then miserable. Then I lost 10 to 15 and then I wasn't working out. And after I got married in my crop top wedding dress and people made fun of me for my fat rolls, which wasn't even fat. I was like a size four. But then I got really insecure and I got in shape. I've been working out with Seth four days a week for the last five, six years now. 
And when I was with Rob, that was just when I was at my tiniest. Going through the divorce, I completely lost my appetite. I wasn't starving myself. I didn't have an eating disorder. I just, I wasn't being as healthy, but I was also excessively working out. Yeah, and you were, at that time, I feel like that's when you also dropped the you weren't going to drink beer anymore. And wine, I think you stopped. Yeah, I stopped with whiskey, wine, beer, like all the champagne, anything sugary. Like I was very much just a vodka soda or I wouldn't really drink. And whenever I smoke weed, I never really got the munchies. So I just wanted to address that because, um, yeah, that wasn't true. False. Anyways, yeah. should we do some reviews? Sure. You want to do a, a negative first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is from Zek TB title is Sheena, write the positive reviews, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) One star can't believe they would be real. Well, I mean, in order to write all of those reviews, like how many, like, I don't know how you'd have to have like, how many emails would I have to have accounts? Yeah. I don't know how it works, but no, they're not fake. Um, okay. And should we end on a positive one? I feel like I still had... Oh, another one. Someone said, you regret the It's All Happening tattoo. Um, absolutely not. It's like my favorite <laughs> tattoo ever. So yeah, that's false. But um, okay. And on a positive note. Okay. This one's long, so bear with me, guys. But it's a nice one. It's, uh, the title is Joseph from Houston, Texas. Um, his username is jyan1984. Five stars. I was pleasantly surprised when I came across your podcast this summer during quarantine. I'm a fan of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I must admit I had preconceived notions of you due to the way you were introduced on that format. Homewrecker. <laughs> you didn't write that. I didn't. Homewrecking horror. Um, <laughs> over the years, I have reluctantly become a huge fan of VPR. It's my guilty pleasure, and I have a love-hate relationship with the show. When I learned you had a podcast, I decided to keep an open mind and give it a try. Your podcast over time has easily become my favorite out of the many podcasts I subscribe to. This show is always a good time, light, funny, all over, enjoyable. It has become my go-to podcast. Thanks for sharing your life and shenanigans with us. You have made this pandemic just a little less challenging. Happy 2021 and good luck with your future endeavors. Aw, thank you. Thanks, Joseph. That was really nice. Thanks, Joseph. And thank you guys for listening. We will be back in studio next week. Do you want to tell them about our guest? Next week, very excited. We have Lindsay Palas coming on. She is an investor in Sugar Taco, which is Mm -hmm. how I know her. But she's also a fan of shenanigans. Love that. And she said she knew of me before Sugar Taco even from this podcast. So she's definitely an avid listener, which is amazing. Uh, She has a very cool Instagram and I think she has something like 9 million followers. Just insta-crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So um, if you guys want to DM Jamie and I some questions for her, we'll we'll post something too to send in questions. But I'm excited to get back to LA and be back in studio and we'll be back. Thanks See for listening, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Shenanigans with Sheena Shea. Download new episodes every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Looking fine and I got my girls with me uh, With the boys at the table getting tipsy Miss me, kiss me one more time Get over here boy, I'ma make you mine yeah. Do you want it?